Welcome to Roots and Geeks to another episode of Goblins Guidance. We are the Goblins here to give you all guidance. I'm Calvin, and joining me are... David. And Andrew. And we set out to answer D&D Reddit's most pressing questions. David, what's a goblin's favorite cheese? Uh, monsterella. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's a putt. Get it? Because mozzarella. No, you don't need to explain it. But, but uh, okay. Come on, Calvin. Do you think our... I've... Listeners are babies who can't understand basic humor. Yes. Didn't know you thought so lowly of them. I do. I know. I know. I, I do. <laughs> I have a joke in the day calendar. Some of the, most of them are pretty bad, but some of them are kind of good. Mm. Well, all right then. Why did the clock get in trouble? Uh, because it ran out of time. Because it was really bad. No. It's because it wouldn't stop talking. Get it? Like talking. Snitches get stitches, kids. Yeah, oh. Yes. Interesting. Wait. Oh, I was like so confused. I was like, "Who's snitching?" No, I guess the just... clock is snitching. Yeah. Now I'm snitching. I'll snitch on you guys. Do I'll it. call the FBI right now, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> What can you possibly pin on me? Okay, wait. Okay, guys, everyone turn your podcast on speaker as loud as you can right now, okay? <laughs> All right. Alexa, what is my location? <laughs> uh, moving on. Our first question uh, posted by you slash my DMing Reddit 2. My players accidentally gave a goat three wishes from a genie. How best can I cause chaos with this? Friends of Karg, Karg the goat rubber stay out. So my players found a magic teapot in a dungeon. I wasn't planning on it being a genie, but when my Oath of Chaos Paladin, really an oathbreaker, decided to rub it on Gary, a goat summoned via Egg of Tricks, well now I had to be a genie, and the goat was the one given the wishes. I'm thinking one of them is to become a genie lock or something like it, but I'm seeking ideas on how best to use the wishes to cause funny chaos and shenanigans. Other notes. Gary originated by players opening the door to a room where they suspected enemies were and throwing a ball from the bag of tricks into the room. They have multiple goats, all named Gary from this technique. One of the other Garys was sacrificed by the players in front of Gary, the wish haver's own eyes, then attempting to assuage the surviving Gary. They summoned a rat, which Gary immediately started protecting from the players. We're playing in Eberron, the dungeon with the genie was in the Mornland. My players are all level 6 and are an anarchist, oathbreaker paladin, possessed half-orc, a halfling hexblade warlock, basically, um, basically Uncle Iroh the Kalistar, and a tiefling rune knight. Okay, okay. What would a goat wish for? Be fun. It's fun. To become... Baphomet. What? Baphomet. Baphomet? Baphomet? Baphomet. I thought that was the... Okay, never mind. I'm thinking of someone else. Baphomet has a goat head, right? I thought so. Baphomet was a dragon. Oh, wait. Let's see. Uh, I'm talking about... He's, he's furry. The real world, like, demon guy from Catholicism. Oh, I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the goat head guy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Become well, become <laughs> I don't think 
the goat is immediate. Okay, never mind. He saw his friend get sacrificed, right? So yes, he's got some. I mean, other than like wishing instant death upon the players, what can he wish for? I would say a good revenge is to turn the players into goats, mm. and it'd be a fun little either like one shot or side quest where they have to ungoatify themselves. Okay, that's I'm, good. I'm, I'm thinking like a lot. he transforms the rat into like some kind of evil monster, and then they have to fight the rat. Mm. And then during the fight, right, the the goat uses its wishes to keep the rat alive. I was gonna say because the goat the goat was protecting the rat, so it feels weird to them put him in danger by putting him in a fight. But if I guess he can use the other wishes to help the rat out, so yeah, that works. <laughs> Sounds good to me. You could have the I goat that like. The goat just wishes for him and the rat to uh, disappear and like teleport far away from this insane party that killed his friend. Hmm. Oh yeah. So and you then tele- the goat becomes the BBEG. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was gonna say like oh, yeah. the, the goat teleports really far away and you never hear of him again until like like five sessions later and then you hear about this like massive goat <laughs> monster <laughs> that's just like rampaging <laughs> along the countryside and then you have to kill him. Yes. That'd be pretty that, cool. That sounds good to me. Mm. What else can we do? Oh, this guy's lame. Guy, the cowards left ahead. If it's a typical goat, it'll wish for an apple, then a second apple, then a third apple. <laughs> okay, that that's funny. That's not chaotic. That's just funny, though. <laughs> I guess it's kind of boring in my like. Though, I won't entirely disagree with that. Maybe his first wish is to give himself intelligence mm. so that he can understand what's going on. Yeah, what? as Diggs says, wish one goat wish to understand what's going on so the genie grants him intelligence. Wish two, the goat wishes for the strength to escape the party and save his fellow Garys. The GD grants him a BBEG level body, exactly. Uh, then here I would have Gary Prime cast Dimension Door and escape. They have one more wish and some time to figure out what, what it is he wants. That's a good play. That sounds good to me, yeah. If you guys want to know more, you can buy the book Do Animals Think from Princeton University Press. <laughs> is yeah. that a real book? Sure. Yeah, we're not sponsored. I I looked it up and then I got the book. <laughs> All right, the ebook is only twenty twenty two dollars, twenty one dollars. So thirty percent off with code pup three zero. What? That's what the website says. Thirty percent off with code pup three zero. Pup thirty. Okay, I don't trust that. Anyways, the next question. <laughs> Next question is from Slayer of Dungeons. New player wants to be a chef. So I'm allowing a new player into the group, and we're very old school. I mean, delving into dungeons with torches, avoiding traps, just trying to stay alive. And I'm not sure how to fit a chef into this. Like, it's great the character could cook it all, but how does knowing the perfect spice for a dish help us against a beholder? How have you guys incorporated these flavor characters into your game? 
games. I'm not trying to say no, I want this player to join us. I just got to find some way for them to contribute us all. Well, I mean, there's the chef feet. Yes. Like, that's just a part of the game. Uh, uh, and I, I mean, there's multiple classes that this could be because I think it could just be like a refavored flavored fighter. Yeah. Where, like, you just like reflavors like a short sword or something into like a, a, a frying butcher's pan. knife or oh. a cleaver. Mm. You become Rapunzel and attack people with a frying pan. I mean, yeah, uh, so you that's can just... a mace. Oh, wait, actually, what would a frying pan weapon be? I feel like that's mm. closer to a mace than anything else. It's a well, in PUBG, weapon. it's a shield. Well, this is D&D, not PUBG, David. But, you know, it could be a shield. Mm. Like, have you seen those walks that are just, like, massive? No. What? Uh, anyway, walks, you know what a walk is, though, right? Yeah, I want one. I did that. So that yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, those are definitely shield sized. I guess. You gotta, like, bend the handle to actually, like, properly use it as a shield. I mean, most walks don't even have, like, I mean, at least the big ones, they just have the two two carrying handles on the side. Yeah. Sure. So, 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 fighter, right? Yeah. Walk as a shield, frying pan <laughs> as a weapon, right? Yes, I agree. And then, plate armor, it's actually just pots and pans. Nice. Dude, that's so good. And the reason why this chef is diving into this dungeon is because he's trying to get a very rare mushroom that only grows deep within dungeons. Right. Some like, when... magic shroom. Oh yeah, expand his um, expand his his uh, recipes or whatever. Yeah, I want some. What's the word? I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? David. Ingredients, ingredients, and uh, expand his ingredient supply. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So like, this is pretty cool. I, I mean, like you could you could also you be could like also... a bard or something. Yeah, that, I was gonna say uh, bard because you could you could say that cooking is an art. Cooking is an art form. Or, oh. or if he's a cleric and all of his healing spells are just like tasty food that he shoves into people's mouth. Halfway across the battlefield to cast healing word, he throws a pie at someone's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really wouldn't take that much finagling to make a good chef character. Huh? No. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. No, this is great. I should make a character like this. I'm making a character like this. My next character is gonna be a a bard. Man, I don't I don't like the person. So in the comments, there's this dude called the, the Mad Scott. I don't like the way he says this. Like he's not technically wrong, but he just seems so uh, rough. He's uh, the Mad Scott says. I mean, a chef is not an adventurer. A chef is a quest giver. It's not a class. It's a skill. One that many classes could have. You just gotta stick with your guns and explain to this person that they must, they must be a fighter, wizard, rogue, or whatever that is also a chef. I mean, it feels yeah. like a really, it feels like the worst way to put that. To say <laughs> yeah, that. but it's a fair point, right? It's a fair point, but like, yeah, and like the, he doesn't say the new player uh, is trying to be a, a separate class. This is just what their, like, background and stuff is, is that they yeah. are a chef. 
Yeah. I mean, he could just be a variant human with the feet chef, and then he's yeah. a he's a chef. And okay, and then his backstory to why he's a fighter or whatever is because a lot of people come to rob his restaurant, so he's been mm. trained to fight back. Mm, and then and then his background, what is that, folk hero? So he's like a hero of his town, right? He's like the restaurant owner that also like beat up a gang. <laughs> See, it's really easy to make a character be a chef. It's just and- they need to have something else too. They need to have an actual class. I need to make a character like this. Yeah. Do it. All right. What is our next question, David? All right. For our next question, we got, how do you handle parties that spend hours and hours planning instead of getting to the action, either as a player or as a DM? <laughs> well, if you're Andrew, you can play Fate Grand Order on your phone. While they're playing. Or, yeah, or Dragon good, Ball yeah. Z Dokkan Battle. Yeah. Yeah, you could. <laughs> or Fire Emblem Heroes. Are you playing Fire Emblem Heroes again? Yes, I played that before. I no, I didn't. No, I got back into Fae before I got into Dokkan Battle. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do get it. It gets boring really easily. Um. Yeah. And okay, it but, kind of yeah. bogs the story down, which is yeah. unfortunate. Um. So it really depends on whether. Like everyone is into the planning. That's um, true. Because if everyone's into it, then this is a great time. Let them keep going. If it's only like a couple of people that are really into this, like getting a plan thing, limit them down to like fifteen minutes tops. Let everyone else go to the, get a do a bathroom break, grab snacks or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't, I don't dislike planning in and of itself. It's when like some people are like. We made a plan. Let's just go with that. But then other people are like, "Wait, wait, wait! Let's refine it. Let's rethink it." It's like you, you already, you made a plan. Like, let's just move on. If if everyone's on board with with reworking the plan over and over again, that's fine. But also, I don't know. Even then, I feel like there should be some sense of urgent. I guess it mm-hmm. it's really situational because if they're like sneaking into a place, I guess they do have the time to talk over and over again. But if they're like within like an enemy base or something, they don't have time to just talk over and over again. Like there needs to be urgency there. So yeah. it's highly, it's highly situational, but mm-hmm. I, in general, I would say it's fine to let them go off if everyone's on board. But mm-hmm. I mean, as a DM, you could have it so that some time passes in game while they plan in real life so that they only have a limited amount of time. So honestly, you could just set a timer to like, at what point do the bad guys execute the hostages or whatever, you know? Or, like, as a player, you could just tell them to hurry up as in character. Yeah. Because that's what I do sometimes, where, like, they're talking and doing stuff, and I'm just like, my character's gonna walk through the door, because I don't care anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes, sometimes that's a bad idea, but sometimes that's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. On to the next one. Oh wait, that's me. That yeah. is that's you, Andrew. Yeah. So we follow an order. Sorry, I'm I'm 
<laughs> Sorry, I was playing Genshin Impact. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was playing Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle. No, I wasn't. I right. was playing... You... <laughs> no, it was Arknight. Uh, you slash okay. one horn dash buffalo. My DM... <laughs> My DM killed the whole party after drinking a little too much whiskey. As the title says, we were the victims of a TPK. Our party of four narrowly escaped a tunnel system, not knowing where it would lead to. Once emerging from the tunnel, we regrouped and took a short rest. At this time, the DM introduced a new NPC. After a glass or two of whiskey, he tried to saunter up to our party and began questioning us. Being that my character is a grizzled half-orc who doesn't take shit and is acting as a bodyguard for two PCs in the party... I decided to toss the NPC out of our conversation, literally picking him up and threw him. <laughs> the DM responded by having the NPC cast a six-level chain oh lightning, despite the whole party panicking because we are only level two. Oh my god! <laughs> After he realized what he did, he began backpedaling, and the session was cut a little short. He admitted to drinking a little too much and being impulsive. This was our third game together on this campaign. Oh god. That's DM. so it's funny. DM. Oh That's god. so funny. That is oh so my God. funny. Elvin, hear me out. Next time we have a bar scene, you, we actually have beer. I'm good. David, we're 19. We're not doing that. Hey. I'm not. Oh, wait, no, shoot. Yeah, I guess so. I'm good. But, okay, Three hear years. me out. We Three go to years. Britain to have our D&D sessions, and then huh? <laughs> we have beer in the bar scene. Maybe. Much more plausible. That's so funny, though. I feel bad for those See. players, but also that's so funny. Don't drink in Dungeon. What are, what are your guys' birthdays? Uh, yesterday. Really? Yeah. What? David? <laughs> Did it tell me? Oh, yeah. On Snapchat, told me to say happy birthday, and I was like, oh, I, I should go do Snapchat. that. And then, I, and then I forgot to do, and then I forgot. That's okay. I get to my calendar. Happy birthday, David. I, I think I have yours as written down somewhere no you have a i know this you have a on the near notes app you have everyone's birthdays written down yeah you know what sucks though i have it in alphabetical order and not date order so it's so dumb yeah well i started it when i was in seventh grade so that's no excuse okay well i don't really care because at least i will remember yours oh well you should we had a we recorded an episode on my birthday. Oh, I don't remember. It's forever recorded. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, what about you, I, Andrew? I might accidentally reuse a joke at some point in the future. That that would be funny. That's possible. It's okay. They won't know. Uh, Calvin, I'm going to dox his birthday, is October 13th. Don't dox me. It's not th- Again, we literally had an episode recorded where I said, hey, it's my birthday. That's true. Alright. Am I not doxing Andrew's Andrew? not sharing his birthday? Nope. Andrew's, nope. Not, oh, Andrew's not 19 yet, though. Oh. Oh. Mm, a little baby. A little okay. child among us. Among us? Among us? Among us. Oh, I'm among the oldest, us. aren't I? Maybe. Uh, yeah, cringe. Oh, damn. You're a boomer. 2003, let's go, you children. Imagine Good being Year of the Goat and not Year of the Monkey. Kind I was of gonna say, Year of the Monkey based. It's kind of racist, but okay. What? Hey, our the next Chinese question Zodiac is, is not racist. 
The next question is from Jeremy7777. You have one too many sevens there, buddy. I need help. I don't know what to do. I'm a new, new DM, 13 sessions in, and my players went into a famous bandit lair and went head-on without any preparation, etc. Why are bandits famous? Because uh, like, Why is Robin Hood famous? Oh, yeah, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Anyways. In short, they got wiped and one died completely. I improvised that they are all in cells now and the bandits are going to sell them. I said many times you are at 1 HP and the fight is at a hour gone, but you just woke up. They decided to instantly begin to try to escape the prison without a short rest or anything. Someone picked, lockpicked the locks with a spell and the other one kicked the door open. As loud as I imagined the metal prison door to be, if you kicked it open, the guards and the rest of the bandits got alarmed. Long story short, they got wiped again, and another one died. <laughs> as everyone got unconscious, I ended the session not knowing what to do. Any ideas? Thanks. They, they, they die. They're dead. To, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> you told them they have one HP. <laughs> Oh my god. This is big brain mode. Oh, dumb little babies. No, so, Andrew's the baby. Yeah, Andrew, you're the baby. What? What's your suggestion for them? The, the, the players are dead. Just play yeah, out. Yeah, but like, what, what, what should he do as a DM next? Well, they They're stay in prison. No, I think they just, at that point, if they try to escape, they're I would say the banners are just going to kill them. I, I agree. Think the point that, is like, not the TPK. Those characters are dead, but what? How would you continue the story past okay, those, their death? Uh, just like trivia murder party, you follow their children. <laughs> mm. What if they had no children? They died in the abandoned cave before they could reproduce. Fair enough. They use Xbox Ah, that's true. That's you could about, but... you could create another, yeah. You could do Deus Ex Machina, except you're the Deus Ex Machina. So the next session, you they create new characters because those characters are obviously dead, right? Yeah, sure. But and those characters have to go with like, uh, those characters could be leveled up, or they could just have better stuff, or they could go with like a bunch of guards or something, and they go and take on the Bandit Cave, and then they defeat the bandits and then they get all the stuff that the old dead people get and then they learn about the quest through what they pick up from that's true yeah from the no, dead that's a good people idea. and then they continue the quest there mm -hmm. i like that. that works yeah cool i mean that's my idea yeah that was that was what i was thinking and um the top suggestion down here too uh the op replied to that uh one just made a new character and put hours into it i feel bad to say he make, needs to make another new character l well he should have played smarter <laughs> maybe you can keep some of them alive because yeah. if they're playing because um, if they're playing like idiots then then play it out and let them die because they're playing like idiots <laughs> oh wait what you could do is you could keep the like so the two people died right so there's like three or four left so you could keep those three or four alive the two people who died make new characters and then they come in with like a small army or whatever 
Then mm -hmm. they help the other four get out, and then the other four, after you know, long resting, get to help the other people defeat the bandits. Instead yeah. of mm -hmm. instead of um trying to break out at one HP, you know, yeah, you know, because yeah. it's uh, just railroad like them a little bit more, honestly. No, I would like you gotta punish them because they're being like. Imagine you accused a humble shopkeep that he's like the king goblin or something, right? And uh, nothing happens. But then when you do it again, you get thrown in jail. Are you gonna just gonna let it stop there? If they try again, like you're gonna punish them for that. Like these guys are playing stupid like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, I think we covered that. What's uh what's next? All right. The next one is about magical weapons. Oh wait, the post is called About Magical Weapons. Okay. Uh -huh. By you slash Kozito. One of my fellow players was a master after finishing his part, he was a player again. The new master gave him some money to build up his character, but he suddenly came with a magical axe that I don't understand. The damage is one D twelve plus strength, plus 2d6 radiant damage, which is a lot of damage. It's not a homebrew weapon as far as I know, but I never saw this weapon on DMG or other books. I'm just wondering how he got that in a logical way, as he kept saying that, oh, it's a weapon plus 2d6 magical damage, like it's something absolutely regular. Maybe I'm being dumb. It's my first campaign, and there's definitely a lot of things to learn. Plus, he says it's a rare or uncommon item. It's not plus 1, plus 2, or plus 3 regular weapon with magical damage. Well, a lot of so, I, I looked at a lot of comments. Most of them are saying the same thing. Like, players shouldn't have something the DM didn't give them. Oh, 100%. and I 100% I agree. Mm -hmm. um, and this is definitely one of those cases. Like, even if it's not homebrew, which I feel like it is. I mean, someone suggested it sounds like reflavored flame tongue, whatever that is. But yeah. regardless, if the DM didn't explicitly give it to them, they shouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to look up flame tug real quick. But this is odd. So I would say this shouldn't. I would say this shouldn't be allowed because uh, was the is the poster the DM? Did they say? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, one of my fellow players were the master. So the the player who has no, he's a player. Oh, he's a player. No, oh, he's a player. Okay. okay. So yeah, he. So it doesn't really matter. The comments say if you're the DM, then blah blah blah. Because the DM did agree with you. Okay. I, I he, should, he he should ask the DM though. Like he should. Uh, yeah. Like not being. You should ask it like like use a story of blame. Like where the fuck did you get this magic item? Be like, hey, what is this magic item? I'm just curious. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is probably a refavored flame tug. I looked it up. Uh, it says you could use a bonus action to speak this magic sword's command word, causing flames to erupt from the blade. These flames should bright light in a 40-foot radius and dim light for an additional 40 feet. While the sword is ablaze, it deals an extra 2d6 fire damage. So it sounds like they reflavored it, so it's radiant damage instead of fire. Uh, mm -hmm. And instead of being on a sword, it's on his axe or whatever. Okay. So you should really ask if it costs the same bonus action to do that or if it just happens because if it just happens that's pretty broken yeah sure 
Yeah. But if, if the DM let him have it, I think that's technically fine. I got yeah, if the valid. DM if the DM let him have it, that's valid, that's fine. But if but if the player just kinda gave it to himself, then that's not okay. But yeah. the the poster isn't the DM, so we don't know, but we said our piece. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds good. I mean, it's not up to you since you're not the DM, but yeah, if you have a problem with it, just ask your DM. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Our next question is by user proper-beginning289. Two-person party, sorcerer, and question mark. Please help. My buddy will be playing a human sorcerer, a no subclass, in a two-person party. I like to balance asterisk this out. I'm considering a barbarian, bard, fighter, or tempest cleric. I like to avoid playing a paladin. I'm looking for advice, three class and subclass, etc. The DM pitched the campaign vibe as the quote the wire, and it's a high fantasy setting in a metropolis where pretty much all races are welcome. Humans are the main race. Side note. Please be careful about spoiling The Wire, objectively the greatest show in the history of television for others. Thank you. Edit. Uh, the asterisk edit. Balance is misleading here. I'm not too focused on min-maxing, and I should have asked about fun compositions like a fun synergy. Thanks, everyone. I don't know what The Wire is, so I can't answer this question. Yeah, I've never seen The Wire either. It's a pretty old show. Me neither. Uh, I looked it up. It's about narcotics in Baltimore, it looks like. Oh, uh, it was made in two thousand two. The series okay. looks at the narcotics scene in Baltimore through the eyes of law enforcers. So mm. most likely they're magic cops or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a magic drug campaign. Mm-hmm. So we got a sorcerer. Uh, I could see paladin. Okay. He's saying avoiding. He still wants to avoid paladin. Yeah, he wants to avoid paladin. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. You know what would be cool? You're a druid, and then you wild shape into like an animal, and then it's like the sorcerer riding the animal, right? And then, and then you like a different turn. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then, or like it could be like cop and dog. That's what I was thinking. Or it could be cop and horse, and then Mm -hmm. you like chase people down. No, and that'd be super cool. Like if you're a detective, you can like turn into a mouse and like sneak up on them and like. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, I think That's a druid cool. as like a low key animal companion and or like good cop, bad cop kind of thing would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. Which druid would be best for that? So yeah, he just wants fun composition. So I think that druid idea is really good. Yeah, that druid idea is good. Yeah. Though, if you want to go for uh, balancing in like terms of, you got the really magical dude. Do you want to really like, uh, buff guy to like balance it out that way? Uh, which I'm not sure if he is. I would I would suggest like a barbarian or a fighter. But I do like that that druid idea from David. He could also play another sorcerer, right? Mm-hmm. Except it's just like a really opposite personality. So you just have yeah. a very serious sorcerer and a very like don't care sorcerer. 
Except okay. you make the stats different, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like one has really high wisdom, but the other has really high intelligence, and one has low charisma, and one has really high charisma. So like you just have two sorcerers that are just completely different people. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I'm thinking like of this more like a sitcom yeah. than a crime thriller. Oh, definitely. That's yeah. Yeah. I like those ideas. Very good. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? Uh the next one from Aspiring to be DM. My daughter is about to start playing. Advice on how to DM for a kid. So my eight-year-old daughter is keen to start playing D&D, and I like the idea of embracing her being creative and using her imagination, etc. So I'm really up to the challenges of letting her have a go. My plan is to run Lost Minds of Fendelver for her as a solo player, and basically reduce all combat encounters, numbers, and larger enemies uh, reduce HP, to where they're non-lethal to help her get used to the game and mechanics. I also plan to accelerate her leveling up, to at least level 3, so she won't be quite so squishy. Excuse me. I was thinking about giving her a kind of sidekick as well, though, so she has some support in combat. She's obsessed with wolves, so I was thinking of when she starts, uh, when she enters Kragma hideout, have the wolves break loose to escape, but one stays and befriends her. Was thinking just to use the wolf stat block and then have it level up with her? Has anyone else has any experience of something similar? Is there some more glaring, obvious flaw to my plan that I'm missing, or any advice on what I could add slash remove to make it a good first experience for her? I mean, it sounds pretty good to me so far. Yeah. That's okay. If I anything, think... it could also have a D on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, just try not to railroad her on that. I, I like how it did so far, like his uh with the wolf sidekick to be the only thing aiding her. Sure, uh, sure. She's eight years old. So I would <laughs> say be a little loose with the rules in general. No, of course. <laughs> Until she gets a little older. Of course, um, of course. And she be prepared for like when she goes completely off the rails because she wants to focus on something else. Because mm-hmm. she's a child. That's why I think the DMPC idea could be a is also a viable option. Because like you can still sit back and like just follow her and stuff. But if you want to encourage something, you you have a medium in universe to do that. But, but yeah, I, I think that's fine. I think that works. And of course, Lost Minds of Found Delver is. Always the number one campaign you play. I agree. I would also like uh if you wanna go with Lost Minds, that's fine. But if you want to put like build extra effort to make it more personalized towards her making some sort of uh homebrew home like world uh filled with some of her own like it, more, more suited to her interests. Like I don't know if she was uh what she's into, because I don't know you. Uh, but like, when my sister was eight, she really liked uh, My Little Pony and stuff like that. Sure. Doing a My Little Pony campaign or something. You can make a wolf. Actually, no. Your daughter likes wolves. Yeah. But Calvin 
should make a campaign for his sister based off My Little Pony. Oh, no. No, I'm okay. Well, what, you don't want to play as Rainbow Dash? Dude, Rainbow oh, Dash, no, is, Rainbow Dash is great. Sick. Uh, I just sick. don't like my sister enough. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. No, I uh, understandable. <laughs> you know, Andrew, I hate little siblings, right, Andrew? Yeah, I am the little sibling. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there you go. And everyone hates you and your family. You're not no, wrong. I don't. I don't hate your family. <laughs> Calvin hates your family. Yes, I haven't met your family. Anyway, yep. Moving on. Moving on to the David. next one. Or, okay, actually, I wanted to add something. Um, oh, okay. I don't. Does your daughter have friends? That's <laughs> a weird question to ask. But like, actually, though, I mean, it's a weird might, play date she, to set up. <laughs> it is a weird play date to set up, but <laughs> but it it might not be the worst idea so that she's not quote unquote doing it alone. Yeah, I I could see. Uh, a group of eight-year-old girls uh, butting heads a lot. That is like true. This, That's fair enough. Fair enough, actually. My sister and her friends fight like all the time. <clears throat> fair enough. I won't. I won't dispute that. Yeah. It's worth. It's worth a shot, but yeah, maybe yeah. not. Maybe maybe not though. Yeah. Anyways, David, now what's move, next? Moving on. All right, our next post. DM complains we don't have painted minis. I like her DM as a good friend, but something said rubbed me the wrong way. I asked him if he had any questions, comments, or concerns after concerns after our last game, and he didn't have anything negative except that he felt it was about time for us all to get painted miniatures and he can't tell us apart. He said he's done his part and put in the money buying all sorts of NPCs slash creature miniatures, pieces, and resources, hundreds of dollars worth, so we could show we're serious and put money into the game too. And I appreciate those things. They are nice additions, but no one ever asked him or demanded him to get those things. I would be fine playing without minis or using dice as tokens. We all have basic unpainted minis that are okay enough approximations for what we play. The Dragonborn is using a lizard folk he found, and I settled for a tiefling warlock unable to find a tiefling cleric. I bought a pack of... I bought a pack of two, so the bard uses my spare. One is using a spell, and the other has a sword in hand. I feel like you can easily tell them apart if you just look at them for a second. I would love to get a better painted representation sometime, but I don't have the money to spare for it right now. I feel like my contributions to the table otherwise have been neglected. I always host, provide snacks, me and the bard bought spell cards for everyone to use, as well as a bunch of dice free to every anyone. Is he right? Do I need to show my commitment to the table by buying a new mini? Am I overreacting? What should I say? I almost don't feel like playing anymore for a while after this. All right. And that's the edit, Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, I, me personally. I kind of get the DM feeling like uh, no one is putting in effort. Uh, and he's probably just like generalizing all of you, to, like lumping you together since like uh, you do host and provide snacks and stuff. Uh, but it's also incredibly unfair for him to expect you guys or like demand you guys to put in like the time and effort to paint minis and stuff. Yeah. Hey, him putting in all that effort, like it's, it's hard truth, but he, it, that was his choice. He didn't have to, 
And like the poster said, no one asked him to. Like that was his choice. So <laughs> he kind of put himself in that situation and he shouldn't expect everyone else to do the same. Yeah. Like I I provide all the midis and uh battle maps and stuff, but I don't spend like that much money. The most money I spend is on ink from printing everything out. Uh but I do uh paper minis and stuff that I like laminate together and cut out and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's fairly cheap. You get nice color. Uh, people, my players send me in uh, pictures for their characters that they want, like represent them. Uh, and really, like minis and stuff is an investment for a DM because you're gonna eventually you'll probably use them again in other campaigns or sure. later in the same campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, I, at the same time, I do empathize with the DM for like mm-hmm. sort of not being rewarded for his effort, but he also kind of chose to do that. I mean, personally, I, I don't really ask much of my players when it comes to that whole thing. Like, I, I know one of my players is like into origami, so like he just had a bunch of pieces already, and like that was so cool. I didn't, I didn't ask him to like make more, but he was like, no, I do this on the reg, I can do more if you want. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. But, you know. So, yeah. yeah. I remember for my one shot, I used a bunch of Lego minifigs. Uh, yeah, that's kind of sick, though. That is sick. I, oh, I need, to, I need to get more, like, fantasy medieval sort of pieces. That's fair. <laughs> oh, you're so <starting> thinking <laughs> to Legos? Yeah. I, just, I thought you just did that because that was all you had. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I, I think I will not do that again, honestly. But, but it was it was kind of cool. Honestly, uh, they're Legos are pretty about the right sick. size. Yeah, no, they'll fit into a one by one square. Yeah. Um, um, I, I would Legos think are, if Legos next time you do cool like a long term campaign, uh, get everyone together and go to the Lego store so they can make their own uh, mini. Yeah, three Legos for nine bucks. Yeah. Uh, well, three minifigs. Dude, Legos mm-hmm. are so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, Legos for D&D is a great idea. Yeah. Also, if any of you have a 3D printer, um, you could... There's a lot of online, like, so SDL the, files. The thing with minis, you don't want a 3D printer. You want the other one that I can't remember the name of, because I never can. Uh, the one that, like, dips down to the liquid and, like, prints bottomed out or something like that. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. You're the mechanical engineering student, not me. Yeah, but I don't, I don't do 3D printing. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's Evan's thing. Yeah, so you can... I know there's like a lot of places online where you can make a STL model, but they will charge you like five bucks for it yeah. or something like that. Um, I bet there's a bunch of just pre-made 3D models online too that just shouldn't cost a lot of money. Um, but yeah, you shouldn't have to have painted minis. That's, that's a bit much for that is a bunch. group. All right. Oh man, it's going to tell me I know what it's called. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let's move on. Posted by you slash monster underscore nothing. Uh, just monster and then there's underscore at the end. 
Okay. Trying to homebrew a magic fishing rod for one of my players. I know that this is broken, but I'm not sure on how to fix it. Uh, this is a diet homebrew or homebrew, I guess. Basically, since the start of the campaign, my fighter Goliath has been asking for a magic fishing rod he can use to fight with. I originally rejected the idea at the beginning and told him he could get it later down the line. Haha, <laughs> fishing line. The time has come, but I don't exactly know how to balance this thing. I feel as if I've made just now... I feel as if what I've made just now is just a far superior grapple and a far superior whip. I want to make this thing good, but not absolutely game-breaking. Any tips on how you would rebalance this? The Sea Bass Reaper. Diet, homebrew, or homebrew. Yep. This fishing rod has been enchanted and refined to possess combat capability. This rod has the reach capability. When using this rod as a weapon, you can choose between striking within a range of 5 feet or striking within a range of 10. When striking a target of 5 feet, the damage rolls 1d6 plus strength modifier. When striking at a range of 10 feet, the damage rolls 1d4 plus strength modifier. In addition, as a bonus action, you can attempt to hook an opponent that you can see within 20 feet of you. To do so, throw your line at a target and make a hook check against the target. A dexterity check contested by the target's strength, parentheses, athletics, or dexterity, parentheses, acrobatics check. If you succeed, you subject the target to the hooked condition. A creature can choose to fail this check. You may only target one creature at a time, and you have the option to release a hooked creature at any time on your turn. No action required. As an action or bonus action, you may choose to reel in a target up to 10 feet closer to you in a straight line. This movement does not provoke opportunity attacks against the target. Because the rod is a two-handed weapon, if you decide to hook an opponent, you cannot cast spells or switch weapons without dropping the rod first. If you are not holding the rod whilst a creature is hooked, they instantly succeed on any checks made to escape the hook condition. If a creature is moved out of your fishing line's range without using moves that require mobility whilst hooked, they instantly escape the hook condition. Parentheses, blast from thunder wave, teleportation, telekinesis, etc. A creature can escape the hooked condition by cutting the line. The line has an AC of 13 and a health of 10 hit points. If a target escapes this way, the fishing line is broken, can only be repaired by spending a minute to fix it by a fishing expert, or alternatively, one use of the mending spell. If the mending spell is casted on the fishing line before it is totally broken, the line is instantly repaired to 10 hit points. Hooked condition. A hooked creature cannot willingly move away from the fisher who hooked them. A hooked creature's speed is halved whilst the effect is active. A hooked creature has disadvantage on melee attacks, melee attack rolls against the fisher, and attack rolls made against them, uh, against them are at advantage. A creature can escape the hook by using its action or bonus action. To do so, it must succeed a strength, athletics, or dexterity acrobatics check contested by the fisher's strength athletics check. I think is what it's saying. If the fisher is attacked whilst hooking a creature, they must succeed on a Constitution saving throw DZ twelve. Or the hooked target is instantly released. This sounds fine to me, actually. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's very complex, and it adding a, a whole complex. new condition feels unnecessary to me. Sure, I guess you could just say that there was no. Feeling restraints a bit too much because if they're just hooked, like that's why like there's a hook on a piece of their clothing, so they wouldn't really be restrained. Yeah. Something I would do, instead of giving it the reach property, giving it a ranged attack. Okay. So, like, because, like, within five feet, sure, I just whack you with the stick, but then it's, like, a ranged attack, like a a, a throwing knife. You know how they have melee and ranged attack? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to hook someone. Uh, I wouldn't have the hook be a bonus action. Because then you could hook them, 
and attack them in the same turn. Yes. I would have the hook just be a part of the regular uh, rage attack with it. Um, which might be broken. Maybe more, but that makes more sense to me. I guess. I don't know. To me, to me this actually seems fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe the bonus. Maybe the there's, bonus. There's a lot action. of people in the uh, comments saying that uh, it's a, actually the like a really low level magic weapon and should be uh, simpler with just like some reflavoring stuff. Okay. Uh, Identity Ranger says, "Why not make it something like the Ropper's uh, tentacle attack, which has uh, tendril." A weapon attack plus seven to hit, reach fifty. One creature target is grappled until the grapple ends, uh, and then he oh grapple. Then he reflavored too. like that to uh, be fishing line, ranged weapon attack plus X to hit, range twenty feet. One creature hit a large or smaller creature is grappled until the grapple ends. The user can't use fishing line on another target. As a bonus action, the user can attempt to reel in a creature grappled by the fishing line with a strength uh, check. Uh, get tested by the target strength check or acrobatics check. On a success, the user can move the grapple target up to 20 feet towards them in a straight line. This movement does not provoke opportunity attacks. It's short, it's sweet, I like it. Use that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's not to me. I, I, I kind of do like the rod as it is now. Maybe the bonus action to hook is a little strong, but... Mm-hmm. I honestly you do use this rod. You need to change just, the condition. I honestly think this is fine. It's, yeah. it's just a lot of text that I think it is a lot. Like it is a lot. Cut down. You know. You can probably simplify this, I guess. But other than that, I honestly think this is fine. Yeah. I I don't. I quite like this actually. I would personally, this is a homebrew. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, just make it simpler. Our next one is a real short question. This is from J. Burke, 2079. Eldrick Knight question. Is it Eldrick or Eldrick? I said the same thing twice. Uh, Concerning the feature Eldrick Strike for the Eldrick Knight subclass, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, that creature has disadvantage on the next saving throw it makes against a spell you cast before the end of your next turn. Can the fighter hit an enemy, then cast a cantrip that requires a saving throw instead of a spell? Cantrips are zero level spells, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that would be correct. Yes, I mean, that, all you have to do is, is make sure it is a casting type of a bonus action, but but yeah, a cantrip is a is a spell. Yeah, so ultimately the Boolean condition is true. Yeah. So, like, it is not incorrect. Yeah, it is very correct. So, not yeah. wrong. Yeah, the, the, yes. Yeah. There you go. As yeah. I said, this is a short question. <laughs> I would I was even say it's the opposite of left, because it's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. yep. We're, we're done here, folks. There you go. Yep. Yes. You're welcome. That was all me. <laughs> I, I won't. I would neither agree nor disagree. Okay, for our next question, uh, by you slash Fizzkey. Uh, 
No, psyche? psyche would be like P S Y. Oh, okay. I hate English. So, how do I make it clear that my character is mad at their character for one of the decisions and not that I'm mad at the player? You by, go by telling you, them. By, by telling them that. Yeah. Well, you say, yeah. You say I've, I'm like, not mad at you, but my character is mad at your character. Yeah, I, so, I, I don't think like, there's anything wrong really in conversations above the table. Uh, yep. If if the party's like really in roleplay, you gotta be like all serious, like what the fuck did you just do? And then as soon as the roleplay is such an end, you gotta like whole facial expression change and be like, oh man, that was great. Let's go fist bump. No, hundred percent. But yeah, yeah I know. Just, just talk with them. Just just tell for them. Like yeah, a I, second. <laughs> I I there I personally there is nothing wrong with having a conversation like out out of universe, being like this is this is a roleplay, my guy. Just mm-hmm. like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, the really like session zero, you should have like talked. That, yeah, as true. a whole party, be like, okay, any like problems a character has with another character, we gotta understand that this is not a uh, player versus player mentality or something like that. It's character like role play stuff. That's so, how you are it's... generally mad at a mm-hmm. at a player, not a character. Again, talk with this. Yeah. Anyways, character conflicts are how good stories are told. Like characters have the same goal but different ideals. Like that, that's little, that's how good character conflicts are made. Yeah. So you, you kind of need that, and uh, everyone should have an understanding of that before before going in. But it's never a bad idea to remind them, like after a conversation or even during it, if it gets a little, if it get, if it seems to get really heated. Yeah. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that at all. Just, just tell them. Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. We have from you slash Smoky Handle. Players tying up the hands of magic users. While running through the Frozen Sick campaign, my four players got to the final boss. There's a D&D Beyond link here. And instead of having a big battle, they ended up running to him, grappling him, and tying him up with rope that they had. Is this allowed? Did I do something wrong? What's to stop my players from doing this to other magic users? I just want to say, if I was running this, I would let it happen just because of precedence. In my campaign, my players snuck up to a wizard, and uh, they just grappled him and then interrogated him. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think he can cast any spells. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's I right, but that's link. how I rolled it. So I opened the link. He doesn't have spells. It's not a spellcaster. That's funny. He has an ability called Life Drain that like works sort of like a spell, but it's not a spell. It's an ability. <laughs> now that's funny. Uh, but yeah, if you didn't want your players to be able to do that, don't let them. Yeah. To grapple someone, don't, isn't that like a contested check? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I assume mean, they succeeded. Yeah. They probably I mean, succeeded. Uh, you could have also fudged the dice roll a bit so they didn't succeed, but you did it. So now you're in this situation. Yeah. But honestly, that's, that's pretty smart of the players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also a strength check to break out, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So then this final boss has 
two longsword attacks. So, I mean, do that. But, okay, if this is a magic user, they can cast spells as long as there's no um, somatic, somatic component. component. Right. Yep. So, if it's just verbal, they can do it, but if they're tied up, they can't do it until they succeed a check to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, guy in the comments says, I don't say any somatic component spells on that stat block. And a slave droid doesn't say it comes from his hands, so he could headbutt them, give them a death smooch, or touch them with his deadly ballerina toes if he wants. <laughs> Same way, unarmed strikes don't have to be fists. We love kicks as unarmed strikes. It's really funny to think about, and I like that. We love kicks as unarmed strikes. If you tied me up and I had, and I had life drain, I would kiss you like like a dementor, <laughs> and then and I would drain your life. I feel uh-huh. like that's a big, like trope, isn't it? Like if you can drain life, then it's usually yeah. a kiss, like dementors or, a bite or something. Dementors, but yeah, or like. Or like, aren't those aren't there like evil banshees or whatever that kiss like you and succubi? steal your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a lot. There's succubus. There's uh, mermaids that seduce you and then drown you. That's not really a kiss of death, yeah. but you, you get the idea. There's a lot of lot of sus fantasy a lot writers. Of, a lot of horniness that just gets people killed. Yeah, you oh, wonder fair. what the authors were into. Yeah, and refrain from that. Veer. Anyways, I yeah, there's definitely stuff that they could do, but if your if their opponent if their opponent was like someone who basically only had magic, I mean, I ruled it that they couldn't do anything. So I mean, based on precedence, I would do the same here. But I mean, clearly this monster isn't that. But in general. It depends on what the spells they have are, right? Yeah. Okay. I might keep that in mind, or I might just, or I I might just cut empty it. <laughs> I just looked at the username of our next question, and I don't. I have to lead this up by saying this is the redditor's choice. It's this is it, no way it reflects. No, why don't you just skip it? Why, what is yeah, it? I'm going to skip the name. Oh, because it's not okay. good. It's a bad name. Uh, yep. Very okay. How do I Anyways. nerf band of intellect? I don't know what that so is. So I had my level two party go through a random encounter that I had designed while they were traveling through a jungle. As you a do. A dire ape who had happened upon a band of intellect and now has a posh protection. <laughs> 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 it makes the rest of his monkey pack dress and act accordingly to the rules of high society. That's amazing. That's so good. Why would you ever change that? Why would you change that? The monkey pack kidnapped one of the party members and wanted to eat them. After a long battle and a series of very lucky rolls on the party's part, they managed to snag the band of intellect. I wasn't planning on it being an item they could actually have, but it's kind of hard for me to backpedal at this point. How do I nerf this this item to avoid my party's wizard having an intelligence score of 19 and a measly level 2? I mean, mean, It gives them a British accent. Okay, it's, and this is really not that good of a magic item. Like a level one wizard, uh, if they rolled well enough and have the right racial stats and stuff, could already have a a twenty intelligence score. One of my give them my, the band. My players are level 
four or five, and one of them has a strength score of 19 because of the Gauntlet Ogres and Fan yeah. Overs. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like having high stats isn't broken in and of itself. I don't. Yeah, I don't it really think... wouldn't do much. Yeah, no, this is perfectly fine. Yeah, it's much different than uh, giving a fighter a plus two sword. That's that's pretty powerful at level two. But a nineteen intelligence for a wizard is not that great. It's okay. That that's perfectly fine. I think it's pretty funny. I also, hope I hope the roleplay is good. Also, and, yeah. And with the band, it uh, you could only be at nineteen. You can't like put more modifier modifiers on that to get to twenty or anything. Yeah. So they still have to increase their own stats on their own time to ever get a score of twenty. So it's not it's not that strong. Yeah, no, it's perfectly fine. But you do also have to make sure they have a British accent now. Yes, yes, that is a requirement. That's because the British are the smartest in the world, right, guys? I agree, actually. Sure, <laughs> sure. Okay. We'll say that. What okay. if I said I unironically agreed? How would you react um, if I said I unironically agreed? Well, I would unironically be happy. Oh, yeah, nice. Cool. Nice. I love the cool. British. They're my favorite people. Yeah, me too. Mm. I love them and their crooked teeth. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, for our next question. Posted by you slash gilpon293. My players are trying to follow a clue that doesn't exist, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Oh boy, the main goal of the campaign so far is to find an important person who has gone missing. Last session, I gave my players two red pages from a shipment log that appeared to be two pieces of the same page of paper, but they didn't fit to together correctly so they think there's a third middle piece that they are yet to find in reality i just messed up while writing on the the secret third piece so i just wrote underneath it and ripped the mistake away now i'm torn on whether i should make a third piece or just ignore it and carry on with the original plan oh you gotta Uh, go with this now make that third piece buddy yeah (laughs) see you did not mess up you gave yourself an opportunity now you can make it even longer. Yes. More D and Make sure they can somehow get back to the actual quest, though. Oh well, so like these two piece of paper were supposed to be the only clue, and that was supposed to bring them somewhere else. This is just making uh, the the story a little longer because they have to find the third piece now before yeah. they can get back. But no, yeah. this is a great. This is great. It's going to extend it out. Uh, you could uh, give more. It gives the character more freedom. Uh, it's a, it's much better than uh, telling them, "Hey guys, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> this is there is no third piece." You can drag the campaign out another session because of this. It's so great. Yeah, this is a this is a good situation to be in. Good, yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe there is a third piece. It's the friends we made along the way. Nah, it's dumb. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the third piece and it's like, now you've learned that the real treasure is your friendship. Aww. See, that's how you make a party of murder hobos. <laughs> Anyways, think- that's all the time we have for this week. Join us next time on Goblins and Guidance. All right, and what do you call a dripped-out goblin? Oh, I know. Oh.